Monday, like Wednesday, came here like real fast. It's good to be here. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. It is, uh, of course, Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And Blago is free. He was commuted by the president yesterday. He's back in uh, Chicago. Did you see? You know, I did. Did you know that story about? The DeBartolo, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he was in prison, and the president commuted his sentence yesterday. So he's out of prison. I wonder I wonder if that means he's looking to come back to the 49ers or not. Does the family still own the, 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 the 49ers, or did somebody else buy them? Yeah, looking it up. Zach is at work flying across the keys, flames flying from his fingertips. So, um, anyway, he's taking care of that right now. Uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, the cop that worked so closely with Rudy, who had uh, gone to, to prison, had been uh, commuted as well. So, he's out now. He said he got a call on his cell phone, and it was the president. And the president says, um, hey, I just wanted to call you. Right now, I'm signing your commutation. <laughs> Can you imagine that if you were in prison and the president of the United States called you and said, hey, I'm going to let you out early? Yeah, that would be quite the, quite the day. Several people. I don't have a list of everybody, but there was a lot of people that uh, he commuted their sentence. And by the way, for several of them, uh, their record will be completely expunged. It's as if they never were found guilty. Uh, they, they're, it goes, goes away. It just goes away because the president commuted the sentence. Is that like if you're to Turkey and you get your sentence commuted on Thanksgiving day, do they expunge your sentence at that time? I didn't, I don't know. I just, my mind wanders at times. What can I say? Okay. So the big story right now is, um, that's going on is, What's going on with the attorney general, William Barr, came out through his uh, spokesperson at the Department of Justice and indicated late last night that the stories that are being pushed by the Washington Post, being pushed by ABC News and others saying that, you know, he told the president he's leaving as AG is just unfounded and not true that he does not have any plans to resign from the department. His spokeswoman, Carrie Kupak, wrote on Twitter addressing Beltway rumors, the attorney general has no plans to resign. Barr's response came after CNN, the Washington Post, and the Associated Press reported uh, last night that Barr had privately told those close to him 
that he was considering quitting because of President Trump's tweets about Justice Department matters. The Washington Post put it this way. The administration officials said Barr seemed to be sharing his position with advisors in hopes the president would get the message that he should stop weighing in publicly on the Justice Department's ongoing criminal investigations. Barr had previously scheduled lunch with the White House uh, Council Tuesday and was still the attorney general by day's end, indicating that the president's moves that day were not enough to push him to resign. Barr told ABC News last week that Trump's tweets were very disruptive to the department, saying, quote, I think the essential role of the attorney general is to keep law enforcement the criminal process sacrosanct to make sure there is no political interference in it. And I'm happy to say that, in fact, the president has never asked me to do anything in a criminal case. However, to have public statements and tweets made about the department, about our people in the department, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, about judges before whom we have cases make it impossible for me to do my job and to assure the courts. And I am responsible for everything that happens in the department. But the thing I have most responsibility for are the issues that are brought to me for decision. Barr added after that, and I will make those decisions based on what I think is the right thing to do. And I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody. And I said, whether it's Congress, newspaper, editorial boards, or the president, I'm going to do what I think is right. And you know, the I think that I cannot do my job here at the department with a constant background commentary that undercuts me. Now, the president stood up for the AG yesterday, saying that he is a man of high character, and it's the reason uh, that I chose him. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, chime in on cases you know i'm uh, the number one law enforcement officer in the land i'm the president of the united states trump said to the reporters yeah i do make his job harder i do agree with that i think that's true he's a very straight shooter we have a great attorney general and he's working very hard and he's working against a lot of people that don't want to see good things happen in my opinion but i'll say this social media for me has been very important because it gives me a voice because I don't get that voice in the press. Well, that's an understatement, isn't it? Uh, In the media, I don't get that voice. So I'm allowed through these tweets to have a voice. So, um, you know, I understand where the president's coming from. I understand where the attorney general's coming from. You know, when you, you get the president of the United States, and when you're president of the United States, when you say something carries a lot of you know a lot of weight ton of weight in fact and so when you start calling out you know people in doj or you calling out a judge or whomever it may make things a lot more difficult to deal with them uh when you stand in front of them in a court of law so anyway that's what's going on as far as uh the uh, the president is gone uh how long do we got to get a break in? Let me take a break right now. When we come back, I want to play something that Tom Cotton had to say dealing with China and the uh, 
coronavirus. Because he called China out yesterday. He called him out big time. Hear what our senator had to say when we return. Dave Ellswick show, 14 minutes after 630, 6 degrees. Remember this time yesterday? Remember what temperature was? Do you remember, Zach? 62. 62. It's 36 this morning. All right. Going to see a little sun today, but it's going to be chilly out there. So uh, make sure you bundle up when you head outside today. Rest of the day, partly sunny with a high near 50 degrees. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here on the home of Rush Limbaugh, The Answer. Okay, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Dennis Milligan has stopped by. Yeah, He's learning the rope, so to speak, because he can come in here early because he's not on the clock. All right, so he's come in today. And here's the reason. He's come in to learn how to do this show. Like, when do you take your breaks and stuff? You're going to have to wait to the break, buddy, and I'll let you go get coffee. No, there's a there's there's a snot rag right there. Any anyway, uh, he's coming in to learn when the breaks are and 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 what he's supposed to say uh, when he goes on breaks and things of that nature. He's going to fill in for me on March the fourth uh, because on the third I'll be up late, real late probably, uh, because it's going to be the uh, primary here in the state. And so I will be here to talk about what's going on in Arkansas and across the SEC uh, primary. We'll keep you up to date on all of that so that you know what's happening. Come on in. Come on in. Look at the camera and say hi. Hey, everybody. He's here. Yeah, he's here. He's ready to go. Just grab grab that microphone, pull it on over. We'll get you another mic, but we got you. You you know I've done the show before. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you did it when I was at the other station oh, I too. Loved, uh, I, it's, it, and look, they told me I had a great face for uh, radio. Yeah, same way with me. Yeah, I had a and perfect then, face. And then, then what do you do? Now you're on fa- live. Yep, I'm on. They're gonna look at me now. That's all right. It's your, it, it's your fault if you're on Facebook <laughs> watching this. I'm just saying you had to ask for it, so you've got it. Virtual donuts. Yeah, we got do- well. I bet you there's donuts in there. So oh, I there bet you, are, but I'm talking to your listeners. Oh, yeah, out there. you don't get any. Virtual. If you're but. watching, sorry, can't eat any of them. All right, I want to play Tom Cotton. I've got a pretty long segment with Tom Cotton, but it's something you need to listen to. This is uh, Senator Cotton talking about China, talking about coronavirus, and saying that they're just a lying piece of trash. All right, here's here's the senator. You were you were among the first lawmakers to really raise a red flag on coronavirus, warning your Senate colleagues nearly two weeks ago that this is worse than Chernobyl. Your words, not mine, that China has been lying about it from the very beginning. Assess the situation as you know it today. Maria, the situation is very grave, in part because, as you say, China was lying from the beginning and they're still lying today, and also because there are so many unknowns about this virus. For example, how many people one person can infect once they have the virus, the extent to which it's contagious before one is symptomatic, or the mortality rate. That's why I've been saying for almost a month now that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, to quote Benjamin Franklin, and why the president was so smart to ban travel coming from 
China um, just a couple weeks ago, so we didn't have more than 20,000 people landing in our country every single day from mainland China. Well, you know, it's pretty extraordinary. And then they criticized the United States for putting that travel ban in effect. And the fact is, is they're criticizing us for the travel ban. But isn't it true that they've got people locked down in their homes? Maria, they have more than 70 million people now under quarantine, and you've probably seen the videos online from social media sites, as have I, of the Chinese Communist Party's police beating people who they think might have coronavirus or trying to keep them locked inside of their apartments or quarantining them in large hospitals or what have you. Uh, they have not been transparent at all, and they need to be. And this is one of the issues, because you had initially the doctor, who was a whistleblower, in effect, who said, look, start wearing protective gear because we've got this coronavirus happening. He was arrested. He was uh, shamed in the press. And unfortunately, now he's dead. Yeah, this is a tragic story. Dr. Wee, uh, Lee Wen Lang, who was an ophthalmologist who blew the whistle on coronavirus in early December. The Chinese Communist Party made him sign a statement disavowing that and threatening punishment. He later came down with the virus and himself has died, leaving behind a pregnant wife and a young child. He's become something of a martyr among the Chinese people, who, let's remember, are the first and the worst victims of the Chinese Communist Party's incompetence and dishonesty. At the same time, we need to really understand why these diseases keep coming out of China. I mean, we, we remember SARS and MERS, and now it's coronavirus. We've been told that this originated in an open seafood market, where you've got a market that you've got bats and cats and pigs and, and all sorts of animals all at once. But there is also speculation that perhaps it did not originate there. Tell us what you know. Yeah. So, Maria, here's what we do know. It, this virus did not originate in the Wuhan animal market. Epidemiologists who are widely respected from China, who have published a study in the international journal The Lancet, have demonstrated that several of the original cases did not have any contact with that food market. The virus went into that food market before it came out of that food market. So we don't know where it originated. But we do know that we have to get to the bottom of that. We also know that just a few miles away from that food market, is China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that researches human infectious diseases. Now, we don't have evidence that this disease originated there, but because of China's du duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question to see what the evidence says. And China right now is not giving any evidence on that question at all. So, so this super lab that you refer to, this super lab is the only one of its kind in this area, in Wuhan, in the province, uh, th that, that area. And, and what do they do with the super lab? It's unclear, Maria. Uh, we have such laboratories ourselves in the United States run by our military in large part done for preventative purposes or trying to discover vaccines or to protect our own soldiers. China is obviously very secretive about what happens at the Wuhan laboratory. We don't know, again, where this virus originated. That's why it's so important that we at least ask the questions and get the evidence. But China continues to block our ability to ask those questions and get that evidence. But in terms of getting to the bottom of it, the Centers for Disease Control wanted to go into China. The U.S. has offered a lot of help, including sending the CDC in there to investigate exactly where this originated and, and how severe it is. But they said no, right?
That's right. The Chinese government has consistently blocked American scientists, who are obviously the very best in the world, from going to Wuhan, going to Hubei, trying to provide assistance to uh, make sure that this virus is contained to the greatest extent possible, to discover its origins, to shed light on what that may mean for successful testing and vaccines. But the Chinese Communist Party continues to refuse that offer of assistance from the United States. Now, the Chinese ambassador called the notion of biological warfare, quote, absolutely crazy, accusing you of trying to spread misinformation and panic. What's your response there? I mean, we don't want to create panic, but at the same time, people need to be educated in terms of what exists in this region in China. Well, the burden of proof right now is on the Chinese Communist Party and the ambassador uh, of China and his fellow communists. They have lied consistently about this virus from the beginning, so we should not take their word at face value. And no, we don't want to have a public panic, panic, but we do want to err on the side of caution when so much is unknown, and that is consistently what China has not done. By consistently lying to its own people and to the world, they have created a situation where we have not been able to take the preventative measures that we might have, and we have not been able to err on the side of caution. Tell me what the downplaying of this has done. In other words, the Chinese knew about the coronavirus back in November of 2019. They proceeded to send a delegation to the White House to shake everybody's hand to do a phase one China deal. They sent the largest ever delegation to Davos at the end of January. Do you think the downplaying of this virus has actually actually exacerbated it. Oh, there's no doubt about that, Maria. You know, the first cases indicated in early December, which meant they were transmitted sometime in November. China finally fessed up to the WHO on December 31st. If they had taken action weeks earlier, not only might their own people have been better protected, but the entire world might have been better protected. This is just a pattern of Chinese dishonesty from the very beginning, which continues to this very day. Just a few days ago, we went from a situation where they were reporting only a couple hundred more cases or maybe a thousand more cases a day to almost 14,000 cases in a single day. That wasn't the result of any scientific discovery. That was a political decision to finally reveal what they knew to be true, yet they are still covering up, in all likelihood, the number of cases and deaths from coronavirus inside of China. And and do you think there's anything that we should be doing here in America to uh, hopefully avoid what, what sounds like is a pandemic coming? Well, again, I want to commend the president for shutting down travel from China. That was the most important preventative step we could have taken. It's very important that we empower our local and state health officials to test at the broadest possible criteria for anyone who's been to China or been in contact with someone in China who's showing any indication of the symptoms of coronavirus. It's so critical that we do that and that the CDC develop effective and uh, quick testing protocols as well so we don't have a situation where people are infected with the coronavirus but are told that they are not infected as unfortunately happened just a few days ago in san diego all right so there you have that's our uh, junior senator tom cotton he is on top of that story about the coronavirus he brings up a lot of legitimate questions and concerns and uh, but as far as getting answers that's going to be awful tough We are talking about the Chinese, and as a society, uh, they're very uh, close. They're very insular, so it would be hard to get all of that. All right, we got news coming your way. Give you 60 seconds of that, and then uh, we will return with more, and I've got some uh, 
information from Bloomberg that you got to hear. I'll play that stuff, what he said about farmers. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, we are now into the second half hour of the show. It's 635 and 36 degrees. Okay, so Dennis Milligan's here. He's going to fill in for me on March the 4th, the day after the primary. So he'll be bringing you up to date after all the races have, for the most part, probably been determined. I'll be with you the night before talking to you as the numbers come in. You're going to go to bed very late. Yeah, and and that's why I'm asked you to come in and fill in for me on uh, that morning so we'll set up some different people to talk to you and and kind of give everybody a feel for what the results of the races mean there's some really uh very very uh hot races going on right now district 21 is one of them we'll see how that all works out of course remember early voting started yesterday and it's the primary for races like for state rep state senator but it is the general election happening right now for the judges that's right when you vote this time for the judges you're voting who you want to go in so when you're looking at the the uh, race between uh who is it is it skip is that who's you got webb and welch and welch yeah Uh, when you vote on that you're voting on who you want to put the robe on Mm-hmm. that's the way it works and you're also in your circuit judges also all of that yes all of that stuff is is a uh, vote so uh, make sure you make your way uh whether you do it early or you do it on the third i don't care but vote it's one of the great great things that you have uh rights that you have in in this uh in this country then as we were talking during the break and we were talking uh, you were saying that uh, president trump is thinking about some jet engines and whether they should go to the Chinese or not. And there's, there's, uh, a, a, I guess there's a break in uh, his administration. People who think he should do it, people who say he shouldn't do it, and that's exactly what happened. It has happened in every administration. I don't want people to think uh, that the Trump administration is dysfunctional. It's not. What the president of the United States tries to do is get the best and the brightest and then listens to everybody and then tries to make the best decision. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question about that. Of course, he's a businessman. His business instincts, his comment about the, the doing business with the Chinese was, look, we don't need to completely uh, cut off doing business, uh, but as long as it's done uh, on, on a fair basis, his his suggestion of selling uh, the jet engines uh, to Chinese. I mean, again, uh, I'm sure he's got his reasons. Yeah. Well, let's. Have you been watching the special on the History Channel last night? Was the last part of it about George Washington? No, I haven't. Oh, not. it's been great. It's it's he's my all time favorite historical figure in america if it had not been for george washington this country would not be here it's, it's that simple it just would not be here so uh he's just a, an amazing individual that's why i got the big picture in my my office i man i don't revere the man i mean i don't i don't uh i don't get on my knee and genuflect or anything like that but when i look at historical figures if they're you know Christ would be the number one that I'd want to sit down and and have dinner with. Sure. And then, uh, of course, maybe Paul. I'd like to sit down and have dinner with him. 
But I'll be honest with you, George Washington being top my top five. Well, and of course, you would also get the opportunity to see his wooden dentures. Oh man, those were terrible teeth. <laughs> I got dentures, and I and they bother me as well as they fit in my mouth. I can only imagine that wire contraption. Have you ever been to Mount Vernon and seen them? I have not. They've got them on display, and it's like some of the teeth are wood. Yeah. Some of them are animal teeth that they put in there oh wow and i they said that that's the reason that he always looks like a sourpuss is because his mouth always hurt yeah i bet it did because he had the, that in there so that he could eat absolutely i bet he didn't i bet he's like me i bet he didn't eat corn in the cob <laughs> i'm just saying i bet he didn't but uh they they talked about he had he had the best all right in his cabinet we're talking jefferson mm-hmm. madison adams Hamilton. I mean, these are like the names of the founders, right? I mean, the men who were responsible for writing uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and whatnot. And uh, Washington did not want to be president. He took it only because he felt he had to because the people believed in him so heavily. And so uh, he said that going to uh, New York to be sworn in before he went to Philadelphia, where yes. they finally put the, uh, the government. He said, I felt like the uh, the criminal going to be executed. <laughs> now, that's what we want from our, our people who want to serve, that they don't really want to serve, but they feel like they have to serve. Well, I certainly think that that helps their motivation, uh, uh, you know, to because they believe strictly in going in and serving and leaving and, and coming back home. Uh, so, no, I think there's some truth to that. Well, he served two terms, and they wanted him to stay, and he said, nope, I'm going home to grow hemp. I'm going to make some whiskey, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to grow tobacco. Tobacco. Right? And so he went out and did it again because Virginia tobacco was the best in the world at that time. So you make some money doing that stuff. But he had two big, uh, in the first two years of his presidency, speaking of a divided cabinet, so to speak. I mean, this is normal. This is not abnormal. Uh, The media would have you think that uh, President Trump's White House is abnormal. It is not. Uh, That people disagree. They have disagreed forever. But uh, in the first White House, they were the first thing they disagreed about was, you know, uh, Hamilton brought up the first tax, and it was tax on. Do you remember what it was a tax on, Zach? Do you know your your history? I was sitting there, and they started talking, and my, uh, Linda looked at me and goes, what tax was that? And I said, they're going to talk about the Whiskey Rebellion. That's what they're going to talk about. He had to put down the Whiskey Rebellion because uh, they put a tax on making whiskey. And it, that's not like here now where you got, you know, um, you know, Jack Daniels and all of them making the whiskey. We're talking about your everyday farmer making his own whiskey and selling the grain and whatnot. And they were taxing them and they didn't like it. In fact, they said it, it smacked of uh, uh, Great Britain and uh, George the third. And they started calling Washington George the first, <laughs> you know. So anyway. Uh, the president had to send troops out to quail the rebellion. But uh, that's, read a little bit about it, but there was a big, 
big fight about that between, in fact, one faction was led by Thomas Jefferson. Wow. And the other one was run by uh, Hamilton. Dave, let me say this. Even at at the state level in my administration, if all you have are yes men and yes women, you're going to be a failure. Every day uh, I challenge my staff at my level to to give me and present me. You know, a wise man uh, will change his mind. A fool never will. And and I've learned an awful lot, I mean, from, from my staff about and getting things accomplished, and we've been one of the most effective treasuries in the state's history. Yeah, well, I, you know, I just wanted to point out this kind of stuff. The other big uh, thing in the first two years of presidency, Central Bank. Mm-hmm. The president didn't want it. Hamilton was adamant that we had to have a central bank. And then uh, Jefferson didn't want to see it either. So it, it's so funny because Jefferson and, and, and Washington were kind of each other's throats uh, several times throughout his uh, time as president of the United States. Very interesting. They also said, and I thought this was interesting, see what you think about this, yes. Dennis, that, you know, Washington was a, a kind of a staid, stoic kind of guy. He was your typical British person because it came up through the British hierarchy in the military. And so when he was made president, when he was elected by the, uh, the Continental Congress first time around, he, what kind of clothes should I wear? <laughs> Do you go out and walk the streets with the people and shake their hands and just sit and talk with them? And think? I mean, these were legitimate questions because everybody uh, – we're used to the kings, and and Washington wanted to make sure everybody understand he wasn't a king, that he served the people. We well, certainly didn't have the Secret Service protecting him. No, he walked every morning. It said he walked through the streets of Philadelphia for an hour, mm-hmm. and then and talked to the people, and then he'd head back to back to the office, so to speak. Pretty interesting character. Well, there's no question he and and, and his uh, cabinet were very important in, in developing our country. And, of course, we'll always, I mean, we'll have to always be appreciative for what they what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm big about the founding of the nation. It's providence was on our side. Let's just put it that way. There's things that happened during the Revolutionary War. That was a direct intervention by God. He well, wanted this country to be formed. Absolutely, no abs- doubt in my mind. Absolutely, and I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. Now, now, this is what you do when you go to break. Yeah. You go look over. You go six forty six or fourteen minutes to seven, and it's uh, thirty six degrees high today at fifty one. And we're going to get a little bit of sun tonight. Well, you look, you I can tell do that. that because I'm going to have Zach producing. <laughs> and, and that, <laughs> You'll be yelling in your ear, yeah, man. Absolutely. All right, a break. we got traffic coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so it's 10 minutes to 7. Tonight will be the debate in Nevada, in Vegas. They'll so. be, they're going to get together. <laughs> and, and Bloomberg said he's going to debate. To me, it was... It was a 50-50 shot whether he was going to debate or not. Because here in the last week and a half, 
he has been beat up, and rightly so, with some of the stuff that he has been uh, quoted as saying. The the one yesterday that came out uh, should send chills to everybody. He's one of those, you know, if 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 you're a an elderly person, you're just like the uh, unwanted baby. Uh, your your life should be ended because you only have. Here's what his whole uh, logic is. Government is going to run your health care. Since the government is going to run your health care, there is only so much money that the government will have. They can only take so much from you uh, for what you make and use that to pay for the health care that they need to give to you. So the healthier you are, the better it is for them. They're spending less money. So they would look at somebody like, let's say you're, let's say you're 75 and suddenly you have prostate cancer. We'll keep it as a a male thing because I can talk about a prostate because I got one. I can't talk about breast cancer because I don't, I got them, but they're not like what women have. So the bottom line is, uh, he, he made the statement, Bloomberg said, you know, we're not willing to have the tough conversation that we have to have that we may be wasting our resources by treating the 75-year-old when they've got a guy that's 25 and he's got something wrong with, wrong with him and we got to treat him, but we can't treat the 75-year-old. Governor Lamb, as I said yesterday on the air, because I've been talking about this for years, just to tell you, been a talk show host for a long time. 1984. 1984, that Governor Lamb said, it's the duty of the elderly to die and, and, and make the hummus for the country's youth. And I, uh, I got to tell you what, I don't agree with that. Well, we were talking off air too, Dave, about Bloomberg. Trust me. If he needs help, he'll be at the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, he can get it. He's yeah, got but, he's got more he's got as much money just about as God but, does. But the other ironic part was think about this, all the celebrities that are against guns, uh-huh. but they want their families protected sure. with guns. So that's that's the hypocritical part of it. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's a lot like that. So uh, a, a few years back, uh, Bloomberg was talking about spending on education. And he says, well, you know, you got to spend on education because Lord knows you got to teach people how to be able to code and, and things like that. Because think about farming. Here's what he said about farming. Cut number two. Anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank and the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. 1.98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Keep digging. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology, and the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different. You have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. Yeah, but you got to have a lot more gray matter because, you know, if you're a farmer, you're just dumb as a brick. 
how hard is it to make a hole in the ground put a seed in there cover it up and let the water fall on it and it grows have you looked at the technology <laughs> in farming today i know and i mean it's unbelievable i you know this guy couldn't drive a tractor much <laughs> less right. the ones that that now you've got a program and i mean you know uh golly uh wow <laughs> i i heard look he's he, he's gonna have to live with what he said and i want to i'm gonna watch the debate tonight just to see what they all do with bloomberg on stage well, he's a man that's just got too much time and way too much money. Yeah, and uh, that's a true story. That's a dangerous. Uh, it can thing. be a dangerous thing, you know. I mean, look, Gates has got a lot of money too, but he he knows his limitations. What was it, Dirty Harry says? A man needs to know what his limitations. Absolutely. Are. Yeah, I, that's the way that Bloomberg needs to know. I think he's running only because he's envious of Trump. He's something, but uh, again, you know what? There's an old saying, never get in the, in, in the way of your enemy when he's making a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, or, let, him, or let mis- him go ahead. Or mistakes. Yeah. You know, Biden started all these gaffes that he was doing. He's got, now he's got Bloomberg trying as hard as he can to catch up. <laughs> you know, I mean, he really is. I mean, it's it's amazing. All right, before we go to break, I got one more piece for you. Well, I'll wait. It's about three minutes long. It's about uh, Cinder Warren. Her spokesman has a an excuse for why she's why Warren's doing so bad in the uh, campaign. Maybe she's drinking too much beer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Very good, Dennis. This is why you do a good job when you fill in for me. <laughs> this is exactly you think the way I do. It may be that she's drinking too much beer, but we're going to hear from her uh, or her spokesperson and why her candidacy is fading. Uh, We'll hear from the president because he's calling on Congress to give American citizens the right to sue sanctuary cities for damages. We'll talk about that as well. And the granddaughter of a 92-year-old woman who was raped and murdered in Queens speaks out against sanctuary cities. I'll have that for you as well when we come back in the uh, 7 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. I think Brooke's coming by too, Gina uh, uh, daughter Gina Johnson from Little Rock Tours. I think they're coming by today, and she's going to sing a couple songs for us. Wow! Seven thirty to eight. Uh, the congressman won't be here today. Uh, congressman Hill is on the southern border today, and he was afraid he wouldn't be able to get good cell service, so he will join us at about seven o six on Friday when Robert Steinbach is also in the studio. Let's take a break. We've got news coming your way. Give you some traffic. Do we got traffic coming up too? All right. We'll give you the traffic. It's been pretty light today. All right. Not as much rain as we had yesterday. It was crazy. Today, looking uh, for partly cloudy skies and a high of about 50 degrees. Right now, it's 36 at two minutes till seven.
just sent a uh, instant message uh, from a listener saying, and let me, I'll just read what uh, they had to say. So frustrated at the lack of information on judicial candidates, uh, leaving the public very uninformed on how to vote. Candidates say in their ads they are conservative, but won't explain what that means. Totally refuse to answer questions and leave voters at a loss of how to determine their values. So she says, what do you suggest that can guide voters on these important judicial races? Well, I'll tell you exactly what I do. I Just a few weeks ago, I was down in Garland County, and they had a bunch of the judges there that were running against each other. And I was part of the panel asking them questions that would give us an idea of where the, those judges stood. Because you can't say, where do you stand on pro-life? Because they'll say, well, I can't really say because that would uh, make it where I'd have to recuse myself from whenever there was something came up on abortion or whatever. So I've kind of figured out a way of getting around this. David Crow and I came up with this uh, methodology. And that is, you asked the judge, which Supreme Court judge that's serving now or has served on the Supreme Court reflects your judicial philosophy and listen closely to what they say to you. I'm going to just tell you, if, if, if judge looked at me and said, I, and, and would try to talk around a question, they wouldn't get my vote. All right. Uh, if they say justice Roberts, they wouldn't get my vote. All right. Cause I don't think justice Roberts is a quote, true conservative through and through. I think justice Thomas is a true conservative, or they said Scalia, or now Gorsuch, you know, I would go along with that. And so uh, that's what I say you ask them. If, if you get the chance to ask them, that's the question. But Dave, also what I do is look at their past, uh, their past history. I mean, the past would tell me the future to a point. And so... We all have a record. I mean, I'm elected. I have a record now. And uh, so that's part of how I determine. But your record's different from Martha Schaffner's. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Look at that. This is what Dennis doesn't like about my show. I come up with some smart ass kind of thing to say like that. Well, we, we did create a, we did create a no pie zone. That's around, right. Yeah. That's exactly, so, and rightly so. Yeah. It was cherry pie, by the way. Apple. Well, it was apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. it was apple yeah. pie. So we created. That's where the money was, under the apple pie. Yeah, unfortunately. and uh, But you know what? We've overcome that. In my case. Yes, we have. I made three promises to, to Arkansans, and one of them was a no gifts policy, starting from, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's an old campaign, uh, the bar of soap. The bar of soap that says Milligan Treasurer yeah, on it because yeah. you were coming in. And see, I remember this because I was talking on the air when you were running. Yeah. He was coming in to clean up the treasurer's yeah. office. And we one of the things we said was no gifts. And mm-hmm. uh, if, if it, and from me all the way down, and if you accept a gift and you're on my staff, you'll be in the unemployment line. So where do you go, all right, to, going back to what you said, that you look at how a judge has ruled in the past, how do you find out which cases they've been heard on? Well, I mean, there's, again, you, there's different means of being able to uh, discern 
which direction. I, I, I agree with what you said. They, they'll try to cut you off at the pass. Uh, they're very sensitive, you know, because of the fact that they may have to rule on this or rule on that. But still, uh, I, I, there's there's past records to be able to uh, uncover. And but see. where do you find those? I mean, where do you go to find out what? I mean, is there a place that you go and you type in a judge's name and it says all of the different cases that he's heard? I don't know. Let me ask my daughter. She's an attorney, and I can. Uh, I, I may I, let me let me get back with we'll you. We'll find that. out. Yeah, I will. We'll I'll, see if we can find me. out, and we'll bring that. Yeah. Uh, here on on the show because that's important. It's it just very, really is, especially with judicial nominees, because it is tough to get a feel for where they stand. Absolutely, and there's no no question about that. And uh, you know, and I appreciate the uh, whoever sent you that text in. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, question. Well, it means that they're engaged, absolutely, and they want to be more engaged. To be honest, now the person that has not shown that she can hold on to her engagement, so to speak, is. Uh, uh, Senator Warren, her uh, her looks like that her run for president is petering out. It's literally losing its steam. And her spokesman came out and talked about her faded uh, or fading candidacy. And here's what she said was the reason. Cut number three. I think that victory is still very much possible. What state will she win? I think she's going to win the state where folks actually pay attention to the platforms that she's put forward. I think she's going to win when folks look and see that this is a candidate who, in my opinion, better than any other candidate on a Democratic, in a very, still very crowded Democratic field, has outlined a plan that will improve the quality of life for so many Americans. I think that when folks have an opportunity to sit with what she's putting forward and get out there and get their neighbors excited about this candidacy, then I think that's where we're going to win. Well, as you know, she spent a lot of time in those early states trying to get that message out. And when you look at just New Hampshire and you look at some of the key constituencies that the Democrats need in order to be elected as president, but especially first to get the nomination, um, she didn't win among suburban women. She didn't win among African-Americans in New Hampshire. And when you look more national, you know, more broadly at the national polling, she's polling fourth right now among African-Americans. Um, so what do you see as her path to victory? I think her path to victory comes for her continuing to engage with people, having surrogates like myself who are on the ground, being on the ground, having conversations with people. I mean, this is an incredibly impressive candidate who has a plan to well, increase funding for HBCUs now. and other minority serving institutions by $50 billion, who has a plan to protect the right of women to make decisions about their reproductive lives. Um, somebody, and I say this as a mother, who is incredibly clear how devastating lack of access to both child care and health insurance can be. She has a plan to expand access to those things to people who need them desperately. Why, why don't you think she's doing better with people of color? You know, I think that there are a number of reasons. I think there are certain loyalties that existed prior to this race. I think that just has been the case historically with white female voters, that misogyny is a factor. Uh, there are many people in this country who struggle to cast a ballot for somebody who truly represents them because we have been trained to believe for so long that leadership has a particular kind of face and that when someone mm -hmm. shows up and they deviate from 
what we think to be a leader, we don't necessarily know how to handle it. And I'm not speaking just for African-Americans. I'm speaking for people of all creeds and colors in this country. But I think it's important that we really reimagine what leadership looks like, right? And that we have the courage to really be able to envision a female president. Now, if we look at every other corner of our lives, we find women leading, leading in the households, leading in the workplace, leading in academia. But for some reason, we're still very stuck at the idea that the most um, powerful person right in this nation could be a woman there you go it's all about misogynistic living here in america let me just say that last week we did that poll from gallup about what do republicans believe and and what do democrats believe and it came up could you vote for a female 98 percent of democrats said yes so i'm just telling you unless they're all lying her thing about misogyny doesn't carry any water. None. Zip. Nada. And and color doesn't either because both parties were at 99% on that. Uh, Republicans were a little bit behind as far as a female candidate goes. But Warren's a Democrat, so right now she's in the Democrat primary, so it shouldn't be holding her back at all. Zippo. Well... Again, I think part of her preparation is she's going to try to become a, a spokesman for a beer company. So, <laughs> really, I mean, <laughs> I, I might as well go back to that one. I got uh, a good laugh out of you. Well, the we first can play. Time. We can play off of that and just say, yeah, down in Texas, she'll be the spokesman for Pearl. How's that? Oh, yeah, Pearl beer. Hadn't we seen that, that in a long time. Yeah, I think it's still around. Yeah, I think if you look for it, you can find it. Yeah. She, she actually makes Hillary look like a conservative I, I mean you know really uh, it's uh but hey that's what i guess makes our country great and uh so she wants to keep on she can get right in there with bloomberg and keep on digging you know what I, yeah that's that's the key know when to stop digging uh bloomberg hasn't figured that one out yet he's been digging since 2016 and he's still digging you know well that results matter you know, when we talk, people talk to me about Trump. I didn't vote. For, he's not my pastor. Uh, I mean, I, I get that. I, I I hired him to be the CEO to get this country straight, to get the, our uh, military back. I mean, he's done. He's he, he's hit all the marks. He's hit all the goals. And uh, this country. I mean, he said we would get tired of winning. And uh, but I still hadn't got my feel. No, I haven't either. I, I don't think I'll get my fill uh, in in his second term because I have the feeling that he will win big come November unless something unforeseen that I'm not seeing right now happens, Dennis, and you know as I do that between now and November is a long time in politics. But the bottom line is that uh, the president should be in pretty good shape. By the way, talking about women running for office – uh, and uh, uh, in the last election, uh, when when I ran for treasurer, which I'm term limited my last term, uh, I was the second highest vote getter in the state. I was extremely proud of that. You know who beat me? A woman. Rutledge. No, I'm just. Andrea I'm just Lee. Kidding. Oh, Andrea Lee did, huh? Yep. Got beat. She's a good lady. And man. you know, I'm doing my Smart Women Smart Money conference on February the 28th, free to all women that want to register. Uh, go to Smart Women Smart Money. You've got the the good but, job, man. But but with that, again, 
beaten by a woman. He wanted to come out. He wanted to come on so that he could could beat the the brushes a little bit about that new, that show coming up. Well, I'm just telling you. And we'll talk more about it. I well, promise. It's a fantastic program. It's free, no tax dollars. We raised all the money with great sponsors, mm-hmm. people like you helping us out, get the word out. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm able to see, Dave, I may not be, a, I'm a rookie, but I may not be a total rookie. You're good. I saw this on uh, Facebook today. Somebody was referring to it, and I already had it pulled up to talk about uh, the whole sanctuary city thing just really ticks me off. All right, where you got cities that are thumbing their nose uh, at uh, the federal laws uh, governing, uh, you know, immigration, immigration status, and things of that nature. And the president yesterday said, "Hey, maybe what we need to do uh, to, to help people with this is to turn around and allow Congress to give American citizens the right." to sue sanctuary cities uh, for damages. Here's the president talking about it yesterday. Cut number five. One more American life should be stolen by sanctuary cities. They're all over the place, and a lot of people don't want them. Many, many communities, they don't want them in California. You hear California, but they don't want them. The politicians want them for whatever reason. That's why we're calling on Congress to pass legislation giving American victims the right to sue sanctuary cities and hold them accountable for the suffering and the damages that they've caused. American citizens are entitled to safe neighborhoods and safe streets that really the people in this room have provided where they're given the opportunity. With sanctuary cities, they're really not given that opportunity. You're the noble guardians who protect our loved ones, and you keep America safe, and you do an incredible job at doing it. Nobody could do it like you do. Under my administration, we know that border security is national security. Very much the same thing. And that's why I'm so honored to work hand-in-hand with the National Border Patrol Council and all of my friends, some of you I know very well, very, very well. We love our Border Patrol agents. We love our law enforcement. And we want to thank you for doing an incredible job. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. All right. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's because the president doesn't like brown people. No, that's not what it is. He don't like lawbreakers. I don't particularly care for lawbreakers. And I definitely don't like lawbreakers that go out and uh, have multiple times of drunk driving or uh, have killed people, have raped women and things of that nature and then you've got cities that are sanctuary cities that will not turn these people over to uh, our enforcement so that they can be uh, put in prison if necessary and then when get out of prison sent back to the country from which they came dave can you say san francisco yeah can you say nancy pelosi yeah uh you know uh, i mean her her city that she represents, I, I don't even want to – I love our country, but I don't want to go back to San Francisco. The I mean, just go look. Action speak I've been thinking more. about heading out that way so that I can uh, be one of the people who makes $20 an hour just uh, spraying off the uh, the sidewalks and, and the porches and stuff of human excrement. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again – Nancy doesn't live 
that lifestyle. No, Trust she's me. got a wall around her house, by the way, for you who didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. She has a wall yeah. around her house. Yeah. All right. We will take a break. And Dennis Milligan is here with us. He's in here watching what we're doing as far as the show goes because he's going to fill for me on March the 4th. That's the day after Election Day. And I will have been up really late and I don't want to fall asleep on the air, which is probably what would happen. It's uh, 723, 35 degrees, looking for a high of 50 today under partly sunny skies. You're listening to the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We continue uh, finishing up this half hour with Dennis Milligan. He's the state treasurer sitting in today because he's going to fill in for me uh, coming up on the uh, 4th of March because the night before I'll be here late doing the... uh, Counting of the votes. I won't so, do so counting, but I'll report on it. So I'm an apprentice. You are? Yeah. And, oh, Trump used to have a show called The Apprentice. He did. <laughs> but we're not. Don't fire. I'm not don't, running it. I'm not running this show like The Apprentice. Yeah. Just give me a shot. That don't, you don't, got, you've had don't, a shot. You've done well. That's why you're being invited back. Don't, don't, don't fire me. Okay. So you've got, uh, your office has a special event coming up. We wanted to tell everybody about it. If you're a lady, listen up. This is important. Smart Women, Smart Money. It's never too early, never too late. Uh, this is an annual event that we're having. Uh, this is our second annual event. It'll be at the Embassy Suites. It'll be on February the 28th. For those that are looking live, I, I'm holding up the brochure. It'll be from 8 to 4.30, as I mentioned, at the Embassy Suite. Learn about budgeting, debt reduction, investing, retirement, Free breakfast, free lunch, no tax dollars involved. This is all raised by our office with great sponsors helping us out. And again, this is a this is not a mundane. This is uplifting. I'm telling you, they will absolutely have a great time. Lots of door prizes. Uh, people have kicked in. Uh, you can go and register at www. Now listen to this, Dave. This, right. this is pretty. Sh- I'm listening. www. SWSMArkansas.com. That's www.SWSMArkansas.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we're going to have a great time. Mary Catherine Ham, nationally known uh, commentators, coming to talk about her story. Lost her husband. He got hit in a bicycle accident. Mm. So she talks about we're going to have very successful Arkansas women coming in and look whether you're young middle-aged older everyone has a financial uh need thought process uh you're never too as we said it's never too early never too late so this is for women who are looking to expand their horizons well they are but think about it dave there's many women that are older women that have lost a spouse their spouse took care of all the finances, and all of a sudden they're stuck with all this money. They don't know which way to go. There's shysters out there more oh, than yeah. willing to take it. And this program will have some breakout sessions. And uh, as I said, it's meant to be uh, uh, it's meant to be a lot of fun with a lot of learning. All right, so that is SWSM Arkansas, SWSM Arkansas.com. Never too early. Never too late. All right, there you go. All right, bro. All right, Dennis, thanks for coming in. You you feeling comfortable with doing the show? Oh, man. Gee, well, up until I uh, get turned loose on my own. But look, I got Zach. <laughs> Zach is here. Zach's helped me before, and he'll help me again, and we'll represent you well, Dave. Well, I know you will do that. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, 
Uh, Gina Johnson's with us with her daughter, Brooke, and she's moved from the ukulele to the guitar. And she'll be uh, performing for us when we come back. But first, let's get some Rush in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week day, over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And I wasn't even at work on Monday because I was off Monday, which means that this is a really good week. It's only four days long. Got to love that. It is. That's the way to do it. All right, I'm looking over. She is here. Gina is here from Little Rock Tours. And, and before I let, let her leave, we're going to tell you about the tour that's coming up. The sales were going pretty good on that. They are, yes. A lot of uh, people want to go to the Ark. That's right. Noah and the Ark. And uh, we're so excited because we combine the two big attractions related to the biblical story of Noah, which is Noah the Musical, which is now showing in Branson at Sight and Sound Theater. Mm-hmm. And Noah's Ark, or the Ark Encounter, in Kentucky. Yeah, so we'll tell you about that in a moment. But there's a special person that you're going to see perform in Branson as well. We'll go see, of course, the musical Noah. But we've got a couple other shows that we're going to see. A couple other shows. And one of them is... uh, Clay Cooper. Yeah, Clay Cooper. And there's a young lady that's sitting here in the uh, studio (laughs) with me right now. Brooke is here. She's been here before. For you that are watching, this is... a uh, Brooke Martin, and she is very, very talented. We found that out. And she has moved from her, her ukulele did not grow up. All right. <laughs> she just moved up to the, to the guitar. Why, why did you go to guitar? What was it about guitar that you liked over ukulele? Well, honestly, the ukulele was kind of getting kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't find like any more like songs to play on it so I, I figured i had to go up to the guitar at some point so i just tried it out and i was a lot better trying it this time because the guitar was the first instrument i tried starting out with but it didn't go very well did your did your mom uh tell you about tiptoe through the tulips did she tell you about no, that song? she did not yeah well that really <laughs> goes not. that goes along really well with the ukulele tiptoe and the tulips yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on YouTube, pull up Tiptoe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim for me, Zach, if Is you that would. that a song? Yeah, have That's you heard a song. it? No. Oh, you've no. never heard it? No, well, so. see, I'm going to tell my listeners who know this song will know that you sing much better <laughs> than uh, Tiny Tim did. You got, you got it? You got it? Yeah. No, he's looking, he's looking, he's still looking. Now, he became a huge, huge star in the late 60s, early 70s, because he, he showed up on, on uh, Johnny Carson one time, and he was to say he was a strange cat is an understatement. And, and this is how he sounded. Whatever he did to this song. Oh, tip-top, the window, by the window, that is where I'll become tip all right, that's all we needed. That's all we needed. Now I will say you do. Drug <laughs> <laughs> looks like me. I have heard wow. that song though. Oh, you I, have heard it. Yeah, on um a Disney movie, I think. Okay, it's something kind of like that. Yeah, he made it popular. <laughs> I'm trying to was it Miss Judy that he married? I mean, I can't remember I what her remember. name was. She had she had a like, yeah. You can put those headphones on. All right, so you're going to do a song for us today, 
And yes. you're going to be performing up in Branson when we go on this trip as well. Are you riding up there with us or do you have your own limo? Oh, I wish I did. <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. That's what, who, what. What's the guy's name that was over there from Conway that won American Idol? Oh, uh, Chris Allen. Yeah. You could be the next Chris Allen. We'll see. Brooke Martin. You don't even remember. Uh, you were so, I don't think you even were watching TV. You are like a toddler when Chris Allen. Well, the won. name sounds familiar. Yeah. He was a big, he's big hit now. He got to start being basically the worship leader over there in Conway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's went out great. and tried and he's made quite a life for himself. So what are you going to play for us today? Um, I'll be singing Scars Here Beautiful. I think it's by Alicia Cara, but I'm doing the Grace Vanderwall cover from it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And is this a song that you'll do when you're in Branson? Um, I haven't really decided yet, but okay. maybe. Okay. Maybe tiptoe through the tulips, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So. Just kidding. You go ahead. <laughs> She just wants to be beautiful. She goes, I know that she knows no limits. She craves attention. She praises an image. She prays to be sculpted by the sculptor. Oh, she don't see the light that's shining deep in the eyes. Can find it. Baby, you made it blind, so she tries to cover up her pain and cut her woes away. Cause cover girls don't cry after their faces made. But there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark. You should know you're beautiful just the way you are. And you don't have to change it. Think work could change its heart. No scars to your beautiful with stars. And we're beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. She has dreams to be in these soul sheets. Starving, you know, cover girls mean nothing. She says, beauty is pain, there's beauty in everything. What's a little bit of hunger? I could go a little while longer. She fades away, she don't see. She's perfect, she don't understand. She's worth it, or that beauty goes deeper than the surface. Oh, oh. So to all the girls is hurting, let me be your mirror. Help you see a little bit clearer The light that shines within There's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark You should know you're beautiful just the way you are And you don't have to change it Single or could change its heart No scars to your beautiful stars And we're beautiful Oh, oh, oh Very nice. That sounds good. So uh, what's your repertoire now? I mean, the last time you were here, Hallelujah and a few other songs, how many songs you got now? Oh, 
Um, I think I've learned close to eight, maybe Good. something like that. Yeah, yeah, but I forgot like the first two that I learned, so I have to relearn <laughs> them. <laughs> Do you bring a teleprompter with you or anything so that you, you don't that? forget the words? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> you use your phone to do that? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So explain, tell my listeners real quick as we get ready to take a break, and we'll mm-hmm. come back and finish up with you, uh, how you ended up on the stage in Branson. How did that happen? My mom. Your mom? <laughs> yeah, she has connections. <laughs> <laughs> you got connections up there? Gina. Well, I was a, I was at a travel show and I was trying to get a signal out in a convention center because her band director wanted a video of her singing because they thought about doing a marching band performance featuring a singer. Oh, I Do you remember that? that? Yeah. So I was at this travel show and I put this my phone in the air and this woman stopped me and she said, well, are you trying to get a signal out? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to send a video of my daughter singing. And that person who asked me happened to be uh, the marketing director for the Clay Cooper Theater. And she goes, oh, let me see the video. I'm with the Clay Cooper Theater. So when I showed it to her, she goes, Clay has to see this. This video. is the way things happen in show mm-hmm. business. So it was just a random occurrence. Yes. And I was at a travel show, and then I showed her a video of her singing um, from a cruise ship competition. She got the trophy from the voice of the ocean. So I was showing that to him, and then he goes, I'd love to have her in our show. And that's how it happened. Very cool. Yes. You know, you just never know. Opportunity knocks at the strangest times. Yeah. So now you're going. So, so you're going back up when we go May twentieth. Uh, we're going to be yes on heading to to Branson, and you're going to be performing. Is it that night or the next? Yes, day? it's that night, and she's one of many performances in that show. So oh yeah, it's just he's not like her. a variety show, and it's comedy and entertainment and singing, and he he. He's so funny and so talented, and it's just really a good time. So Brooke's one of the uh, songs inside the show. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you with all of our people that are going to go. Thank you. I'm hoping that we got about three bus loads when we I'm we, hoping. we head up there. We're, we're doing pretty well on selling tickets. We'll tell you about that in a moment. Right now, though, i got to get you your traffic and your weather. It's a quarter till eight here on the Dave Ellswick Show Duck and Joe are on the other side of news at the top of the hour to tell you about cars and things that you really need to know about so that you don't break down on the side of the highway. There's nothing worse than me standing on the side of the highway, and it never fails for me. I don't know about you. It's either scorching hot or it's pouring down rain and the wind is blowing and it's cold as blazes. All right, quarter till 8, 35 degrees, looking for a high of 50 under partly sunny skies. All right, back with you. The uh, the realist diva, this was just sent to me, uh, political analyst, writer, liberty lover, patriot, lip gloss, affectionado, Jim, God, heard on Hannity, Will Cow, Breitbart, David Webb Show, and more. Uh, what can I say? She's out there talking about what the, Rep- the uh, Democrats are up to. You've heard her on my show a lot. She's calling herself now the realist diva. That's not what she used to be called. Hmm. Can't remember what she... I think she was called... What was she called, Elizabeth? Send me a, a quick text. She'll send me a text and, <laughs> and remind me. But we used to have her on all the time. She's like, 
<sighs> I forget. Anyway, Gina's here from Little Rock Tours. And by the way, I, I got to congratulate you on how well you've raised your daughters. Oh, thank you. They're very. That means they're that's really the biggest compliment. I'm I just saying it. they're really talented. They really, thank really you. are. And I got to give a Brooke question. I won't ask you anything, Brooke. You got a mouthful of donuts. So I'm not going <laughs> to ask you anything as far as that. But uh, you got you got one of the coolest moms around, and she, <laughs> yeah, and she's a great mentor, business wise, and in in every different direction. But uh, let's talk about that trip that's coming up, Gina. That you and uh, I and the answer are offering to people. I'll let you just kind of run through it. All right. So we're very excited about this. It kicks off May the 20th, and it is a uh, six-day tour. We spend the first two nights in Branson seeing Noah the Musical, and we do a couple other shows up there, the Clay Cooper Show and uh, New Jersey Nights. It's another fun show, uh, Frankie Valley-type music. And see Noah the Musical at the Sight and Sound Theater. We also, and this is so cool, we go back stage and see how they make Noah the Musical and how oh, they cool. make it all work. Because the set design and the lights and the music and the stage production is just so great that it deserves a behind-the-scenes tour because at the end you're like, how do they do that? There's live animals coming down yep. the aisles of the theater. So it really is a great show. We So we see those three shows. We're in Branson for two nights. We go to St. Louis. We spend the night overnight in St. Louis because we're on our way to the Ark Encounter. But in St. Louis, we're going to do a safari tour um, at Grant's Farm, right? named after Ulysses S. Grant. And we continue on to Louisville. Louisville. That's all right. You get, you you're closer than most people. Okay. it's Louisville, and we're going to ride I have on a the complex bell. Complex. Whenever I say that, yeah, we're going to ride. Yeah, because well, I told her the story about when I was growing up. Since my mother was from there, and both my brothers were from there, and my grandfather started Portland Baptist Church in Louisville, uh, I would get whacked upside the head if I didn't say it right. <laughs> so I got where I could say Louisville really, really good, and uh, my parents lived two blocks from the Downs, so I could see the spires from their house, and so. Yeah, I like Louisville. I like it a lot. And you're going to get to ride the bell of Louisville. The bell. So we're doing a dinner cruise while we're there the first night. And then the next morning is when we go up to the Ark Encounter, which is a life-size replica of Noah's Ark to the exact dimensions from the Bible. And it's an all-day event. Yeah, it's an excursion to there because you're probably thinking to yourself, Okay, you got a model of the ark. You're going to go and see that. Uh, I'm just going to tell you when you turn the corner, it hits you, and you see it, and hits you're you in going the to face. go, "Wow!" Now I can understand why I'm going to spend the whole day whole here. day here. Mm-hmm. In fact, you could spend a couple of days there. It, and we do. We have people who have gone multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's one of our most popular tours, and churches um, call us, and we plan trips for churches to the ark encounter um and we always get great feedback like we did not expect that oh no i didn't expect it when i came around that corner i was like holy cow well because you're in the middle of nowhere kentucky no that's true that's true and it's not and and you come around you see the ark and you wonder did i stop in bourbon kentucky (laughs) You know, 
<laughs> and then the answer mm-hmm. is no. No, it's you didn't. for real. It's for real. That's just, just the way it is. And it's it's really, really uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. So we're two nights there and then we, we come home. But we include so many dinners and lunches, breakfast each morning, uh, the the, all the three shows in Branson, the dinner cruise, the Ark Encounter, the Safari Tour. It's nine ninety five per person for this six-day experience, and that includes all your taxes, your transportation from Little Rock. And we want to fill up the motor coach. Dave's going to be on it, so you get to hang I'm out with coming. him. He's one of our uh, featured attractions on the tour bus. <laughs> they keep me in a cage in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to hang out with him. Yeah, we'll have some fun doing that. I, I'm hoping that that uh, the History Channel will have put out by that time this um, special that they've done the last three nights about George Washington. Have you watched it? I have not. Oh my gosh, it's so great! Mm. It is. So, I mean, this it's on is the History my, Channel. Yeah, it's my my I hero. I love the History right? Channel. I mean, uh, Washington is my hero, and uh, it's gonna. I hope they have it so we can show it. Because we've shown a lot of mm-hmm. History Channel stuff before. We do. Yeah, that's the good thing. I mean, you're on a motor coach. We have flat screen TVs. We play. A lot of times we play uh, videos pertaining to what we're doing. So um, we have one on the ark. Do they talk about how they built it? I think we actually might have one on the ark. It's pretty interesting how and they went we around do doing it. biblical mystery uh, uh, documentaries. Mm-hmm. I think we've played those before in the past. We have a whole library at our office. So, The ones I like mm-hmm. are the ones about the states yeah. that oh, we've played. How the, how the states got their shapes. Yeah, and yes. I, those are very interesting, They're to say so the least. They're so interesting. And, and really, you're watching it, and then suddenly, oh, wait, we're there already? Yeah, and, and that's what's good it, about them. It does. It passes the time, and the camaraderie on the motor coach is so fun. You get to meet some people that become some of the best friends you'll ever have yeah, because you all have the same interest you're there traveling and really there's not a better way to make friends than on a motor coach tour let me share with you i i've shared this with you you didn't know about this until i shared it with you a few weeks ago and that is when you do the behind the scenes tour of uh, sight and sound uh, when i went i went to, to see samson and behind the scene they still had the sets for noah and they told us that when they were building sight and sound that backstage i mean the stage itself is hundreds of thousands of square foot it's amazing how big it is but and you get to step out on the stage and kind of get a feel for what their stage is like what was very cool is the storage area in back was just a few i'm going to say a hundred square foot maybe mm-hmm. shy of the exact square footage of Noah's Ark. Mm. And they added that amount of square footage so that their storage in back is exactly that of Noah's Ark. I think that's great that they did that. It's amazing. I mean, you stand back there and you go, look at what they've got here. And then you go, think about what they had on the Ark. Did you see where they kept the animals? Yes. Yeah. It's all very interesting. It's, yeah. And you get to go through where they... They got the costumes and makeup and all that. You get to see all of that, and it's a lot of fun. And they'll uh, explain to you how they do uh, sound and all that. You go up and walk through. With it is quite the learning experience. Yeah, it's, it's impressive, really impressive. All right, well, I'm going to have to let you guys go. All right, well, thanks. It was for great to have us. you come by, Brooke. Thanks a lot. You can come back uh, by before uh, March, right? 
or May, before May. Yes, Have you back, come back and sing, sing another song for us? Of course. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Joe and Duck are waiting. Hey, uh, Joe, I've got uh, donuts over here. We've got donuts for you, so hurry up. i got donuts over here. i got to get a camera over there so we can do like Fox and Friends and everybody can wave at the camera that are coming on the show. It's, it's the Dave Ellswick Show, the home of Rush Limbaugh, The Answer. that joe and duck are here uh from uh, the bumper to bumper certified service centers your opportunity to give them a call ask them any questions you might have about your particular car or your wife's particular car or whatever family member it is car and they're going to help you out and do whatever they can for you if you'll give me a uh, email at dave at Salem L R S A L E M L R dot com. Uh, I'll keep an eye out on that, and uh, I'll ask that way. Or you can, uh, you know, text it. Well, not really text. Just call eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five, and these guys would be happy to help you. Phones are already starting to to cool. ring, so we'll be right. ready to go. So, Dave, yes. we'll talk about the car show for a few minutes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, it's on the last Saturday in May, which is the thirtieth, ain't it, Joe? Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, and you know what? You guys moved it this year. Usually it's in June. Well, we couldn't get June this year. Yeah, see, and that means that I probably will not be there. Somebody had done got it ahead of us, so I got to go graduation in San Antonio Again, for my yeah, other. We're good. Yeah, I'm glad. Hey, that's yeah. more important than the car show. That'll let you two <laughs> fill in for me. Is that yeah. all right? We'll make we it. Ain't it. no problem. All right. But uh, it's going to be, and in, in, uh, like I say, we've added a new uh, uh, category. Yeah, category, a new 4x4 uh, yep. category. Just, I mean, strictly nothing but 4x4. If you got a 4x4 and it's all tricked out and jacked up in the air, come on down and see us. All right. You want to yeah. check that? Yeah, because that, that's a big thing now, the 4 by. We're talking about those trucks you see going down the yep. road, the mudders, as, as I oh, refer to them. got the big wide tars, yeah. and, you know, with the two inches of uh, sidewalls on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, when 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 we had our last meeting, Duck, we discussed where were we going to park those big trucks at. So we decided that we we're going to put them out back underneath the awning. Going to have to have their own section yeah. because of uh, uh, size constraints. Yeah, some of them trucks are huge. Well, that's what I think uh, should happen. I mean, you should be able to just go out and and walk down the row and look at them side by side yeah yeah we're going to try and keep all those guys together just like we try and do a lot of the corvettes of course you got to get there early and try and be together if you can on the corvettes because yeah. you you can't come in at 
you know, the registration's from 7 to 10. If, you can't if come 90% in at 10 10. of them get there at 7 to 8, and then you come in at uh, 1 minute till 10 or right after 10 and want to be with the Corvette, you may not get there. Yeah. You may be on the other side of the room or, or out back. Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, the first come, first serve on the inside. Yeah, yeah. think we about a, that. But we had big, 168 last year. How many go inside the building? Uh, you, we can put about a hundred inside the building. There you go, yeah, and that's had, that's putting them in there. You know, lining them up and you know stacking them and everything. We're going to uh, tighten it up a little bit this year too. We had a little bit of wasted space last year. Yep. We're not going to have any this year. We're moving things around a little bit. Pretty much the same format. We're just going to make some of the parking spots a little bit tighter. Try yeah, to get the little cars on in those spots, and then the bigger ones in yeah, the other spots. In the bigger so, spots. Yep. Because last year, the, the smaller cars, we had way too much room around them. Yes. Had, you know, had way too much room. you got to have enough room so you can open the door and not touch nothing else. One of my favorite cars last year was the English Taxi. Yes. That was a neat little car. I love that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And it had a huge engine <laughs> in it. Yeah, with a, with a 71 series blower sitting up on top yeah, of it. Yeah. I yep. mean, it was it was something to see. That's what you call a hot rod taxi. Yeah. It had been fun. It get you there in a hurry. It would get you there pretty fast. I don't know if you could afford the fuel bill, but yeah, you get there quick. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Dave, that's where he tells you, get in, sit down, and hold your seatbelt, and hold on. That's right. I'm going to get you where you need to go, and don't start screaming. <laughs> Just close your pie hole. Yep. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. That's quick you do ride. It. Yeah. That's where you do it. All right. Eight two three zero nine six five phone number. Eight two three zero nine six five dave at salem com. if you want to email me something you can do that i'm kind of keeping an eye uh, on my emails right now to see if is i'm a, seeing anything is a website up yet joe where they can sign up i don't think they've got it up yet i think it's supposed to be up by the first of the month that's what i was thinking of. okay so that'd be next week yeah so if you're out with a, you know, when you got a car that's fancy, come on down and see us. If you got a car that's a rat rod, come on down and see us too. I love the rat rods. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. have another trophy, and we already Russell's been gathering up stuff already to make it with. So yeah, you should be hitting the weights now, so that your arms, your chest, and your legs will have been developed to be able to handle holding the trophy yeah, for the rat rod. It's probably going to have a uh, E7 Mac camshaft on it this year which weighs about what 60 pounds there you go and that's that goes, just a camshaft that goes yeah, with the flywheel and everything else flywheel. that'd be put in there yep i got a dual mass flywheel we're going to use this year out of a ford so <laughs> it's amazing it's going to be cool this year with the with the trucks and the rat rods and everything else i mean that's a full show plus yes, just typical the years the cars have been made and what you can see must we always have a bunch of muscle cars. We're picking up more and more vets every year. Yep. Because it's, it's getting to be known. I think it was about 20 last year, wasn't yeah. it, Joe? I mean, they're good-looking vets, yeah. too. But, you know, we're going to try and keep them guys together. If they're all in the Corvette Club and they want to hang out, we're going to try and get them up there. It makes it easier for us to walk around and judge them, too. Yeah, uh, you don't have to go looking for a Corvette or something. So, well, um, You know, they, every car is judged three times by three different judges. They all use the same scoring sheet and the same scoring system. So it's it's a pretty good scoring system, and, and it's pretty accurate. You could have three judges, and they could all see a little difference here and there, 
but the average, and then those totals are averaged out, and that's your score. So, yeah, so zero to twenty is what the is what it. each category has. Yeah, yeah, you you need to be listening to the broadcast that morning because it never fails while they're on. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in there with about I don't know between four and six hundred horsepower and just rattles eat, the walls. eating it up. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, we it, don't we don't like them to spin their tires or anything, but you know some of them just idling or are big thumpers. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, you hear that little that little screech when they're trying to get it to go. But and another thing, if you if you are in the car show, please open your trunk. Oh, yeah, your absolutely. Trunk, your trunk is part of the scoring. I mean, it's zero to twenty, <laughs> just like the interior, the motor. You know, the <clears throat> the paint, the windows, the chrome. It's all they all have their own stuff. So, yeah, just think about that because some people don't, and it's been the difference between winning and losing well if went in a second third place you know well, that's the first not, loser if the trunk's not open <laughs> and you're not standing beside your car or, or somebody that represents your car not standing there the uh judges are not going to open it for you you're going to get a zero yeah because you let you didn't leave it open and uh you know it maybe look bad or you know not not quite as finished as the rest of the car but open it and get some kind of score on it you know yeah a five's better than zero absolutely you know so just come on down. We'll be there early that morning. Last year, they started lining up at 5.30. Yeah, you know, because you slept out there. Yeah, I heard I heard car doors starting to slam at 5.30. And I got up and looked out the window and thought, holy goodness, they're already lined up. <laughs> they're here. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. All right, phone number is 823 0965. 823 0965. Or Dave at Salem, S A L E M L R.com. Let's get our traffic and our weather in. It's uh, a quarter after eight on a Wednesday, 36 degrees outside, looking for a high of 50 under partly sunny skies throughout most of our day today. You're listening to the home of Rush Limbaugh, 1011 FM, The Answer. Moving back with Joe and Duck. Joe from Joe's Garage. Duck from Duck's Garage. Duck is over in Benton. And, of course, Joe is over here in North Little Rock. Both are bumper-to-bumper certified service centers. And they uh, join me every Wednesday at this time to answer any questions you might have. Phone lines are open to you, 823-0965. 823-0965. If you got any questions about the uh, car show, they can handle those right now. If you got any questions just about your car, they can handle those as well. And we've been talking uh, here over the last few weeks, not just about uh, cars that are classics, but we've been talking about all the changes that are coming up for automobiles. And they're, it's happening like huge. I watching television now and i forget it i don't know is it kia or who it is that's got the self-parking car car i find that really interesting well ford's had that for years that parallel parking thing yeah oh, no well this is not yeah. parallel this is just mm-hmm. pulling into the parking spot yeah. and stuff and, and, and just using the the advanced driver 
system on it where it's monitoring uh, all the, all the corners and the back. sides yeah and, and and it'll put it in there and and i i think it's pretty cool a lot of a lot of folks struggle with parking you know a lot of people can't parallel they see, park they see older folks and uh, that'd probably be a good plus for them well i don't see why you even have to have parallel parking anymore i mean everything should be angle parking yeah i think so too you know it's well not, it's start just where you necessary. can get more cars in there yeah angle it and you can parallel you that's know that's right Plus, you don't have everybody waiting while the person pulls up and starts saying, okay, I want to put the uh, the front dash on the middle of the driver's side. And then as you pull them back, as <laughs> you see the real, you see the real rear bumper, cut it as hard as you can to the right or the left yep. to slide on in. I think the reason parallel parking is still around is because if you have an angle parking, it's backing out the obstruction of the yeah. view the parallel parking you can see what's coming with your side mirror yeah that's true if you're looking the other way all three of your mirrors there's a blind spot right there and you're right. backing out into traffic yeah, got a dead spot yeah and, and 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 i think that's the reason it's still there you know big cities it's real popular arkansas yeah. downtown little rock's about the only place you're going to see parallel parking yeah and you get, and you get a little, you get places. a little tiny meter there to ask you to yeah. deposit some coins or use your credit card. That's correct. You know to pay for it. All, All right, right, who we got here? We got Jason in Little Rock. Jason, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Your question for Joe and Duck. Uh, can I can I ask who? Yeah, yeah. Um, I realized last month that uh, a quick oil change place. Hasn't changed my oil filter in the last three oil changes. <laughs> okay. The reason I know is because four oil changes ago, I did it myself. And I'm just wondering, you know, that was 15,000 miles worth of driving, and I was wondering if, I, if anything could be ruined. And the, the second question is, my boy is about to graduate from the technical school over in Hot Springs and uh, to be an auto mechanic. And I was just wondering if you had any advice, advice I could tell him about where to get started or how to get started looking for a job in that field sure we can get him started in the field he just needs to contact me or duck and uh you know have his you know have his resume ready and his and all that stuff if there's not me or him or one of the guys in the bumper to bumper certified service center here locally i can almost guarantee that somebody's looking for a, oh, a yeah. beginner tech aren't they duck oh yeah without any trouble happens it, every it, day okay. And the best thing you can tell him to do is learn all he can about drivability problems. Yeah. That's 90% of your work today is drivability problems. Now, as far as the oil filter goes, what yeah, brand yeah, of oil but, filter uh, was it that you put on there? I put a Mobile One on there four oil changes ago. Okay. A Mobile One filter is probably going to run about 8,000 miles, and it's going to it's going to stop up. and It's going to bypass. It's going to start bypassing. So. Uh, the thing about oil filters today, they all have an internal bypass in them. When the oil filter collects everything it can and the oil won't go through it, it'll, it'll push it open and it'll bypass. I don't think oh. you've heard anything yet, but, you know, it, it says a lot for what we do uh, as a bumper-to-bumper certified service centers. We don't just change oil and filter. We're not Jiffy Lube. We're going to do an oil service. We're going to check your fluid levels. We're going to check, inspect your wiper blades, your brakes, your tires. Houses cabin air filter the belts hoses we're looking at uh, air filters we're looking at everything and generally it takes us longer to do perform that service than a jiffy loop but at jiffy loop or one of those other places you get what you get quick service yeah we're, we're not that you know we're, we're going to provide a little bit more of an inspection and detail on it so 
Well, you made me feel a little bit better. At least nothing may be ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you have to worry about yeah, that. I just get the oil changed, and then I'd probably drive it two or three thousand miles and Good change again. it again because yeah. you did build up a little bit of sludge in there by the filter bypassing. So I would, you know, would do it. Then I'll change right. oil again in about three thousand miles. Okay. Well, thank All right. You for your time. Thank you. All right. Thank and you. Uh, have your son contact some of these guys that can find himself a gig. They're always looking for people. There's nobody coming in this market, Dave. And that's why I'm saying learn all you can about drivability problems. What do you mean drivability problems? Check engine light problems. Okay. The way the car runs. Misfires. Yeah. You know. I Bucking, got a, jerking, poor fuel economy. I've got a Dodge, start a Mercedes Sprinter, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's got the little V6 diesel in it. Yeah. And the cat come apart in it. Yeah. And, There's and a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, I know what the reason was. The reason was that injector down. Yeah. But it come apart, and you get that cat at one place. Yeah. Mercedes. How much? 2700 and some few dollars. Whoa. Wow. And it's got a, I think Russ said, a $1,000 core on it. Woo. Because they don't want it out on the market. Yeah. And I want nobody getting the old ones back so they can build them. They want to yeah. do it themselves. Uh that just goes to show you sometimes if it ain't running right, get it in, get it checked, because it can cause other problems. Yeah. Yeah, they had that injector down, and they kept driving. It's what happened. Yeah. it went, right. The injector went totally down, but it was leaking through. Yeah. And it just filled it full of diesel fuel and burned it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk to Jerry. Jerry is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jerry, where are you calling from? It's Terry. Terry. I'm from Lonsdale, Arkansas. All right. Big city. I have a I have a 03 GMC Sierra pickup, 1500, six cylinder. And it's been when I when I start the thing, if it hadn't been started in twenty four hours, it turns over for sometimes five or ten minutes. I mean a thousand times before it starts. What's the mileage on this truck? It's a little over a hundred thousand. But if I start it within 12 hours or whatever, it'll start the first time. Yes, sir. But if it's over 24 hours, it don't start. Now it don't start at all. (laughs) And I burnt the starter up and I put a new um, fuel pump in it and I put a few uh, uh, fuel filter in it and it started after I put the starter on and and it'll in one second it'll die or, or a couple of seconds it'll cough and backfire and um, but now it won't start at all. I mean it'll turn over but it won't start. Well I think you had a couple problems there. I, I, I'm not too sure about you know, the, the leaking down over 24 hours is, is what we call a fuel line leaking back into the mm-hmm. tank. And so when you turn the key on, the pump runs. It's got a three-second prime. It's not priming the fuel system up, and you have to crank and crank and crank till it primes it up, and then it starts and runs. Now, since you put a starter on it and you put uh, a couple other things on there, 
I want to talk a little bit more yeah. about this, but we're running out of time. If you could hang on the line or just listen. Terry, hold on, all right? Yeah, we gotta, we're going to have to okay. go to break here. All right, we're going to be back. We've got to get to Sean Hannity. He's got some important stuff to talk about. we got traffic. we got weather. we got to pay some bills. we got all that to do, and we got a short time to do it in. So uh, we're going to get to that. And then when we come back, we'll take more of Terry's uh, question, get some more information, try to help him out. If you have a question about your car, 823-0965 is the question, uh, the, the number to call if you have a question. But right now, Sean Hannity joins us here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, and The Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, we have uh, Terry on the phone with the... Uh, Duck and Joe, and they're trying to help him out a little bit on his uh, his pickup. So, Terry, let's go back from the beginning. And Well, we don't need to do that. Let me turn it over to Joe and Duck, and they'll ask you any additional information that they need. Yeah, on, on your fuel pump that you bought for that, uh, don't give us the name of the place, but was it a discount parts place you bought the pump from? Yes. Um, okay. O'Reilly. Well, all right. That's fine. Um uh, Number two, uh, did, and you did change the filter at the same time you changed the pump, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, there's a relay that works that pump. Can you, uh, you know, right now you said it won't run at all, right? Yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll start and it'll, it'll run just a few seconds, but it'll cough and backfire and then quit. And then you have to put ether in it to... Yeah, start again. So we'll start if you spray it. When it does run, does it uh, does it run pretty decent? I mean, does it run smooth or does it uh, uh, run real no, rough? No, it it barely runs. Okay. Well, you got you got a really? couple. Yeah, you got a couple things we'd like to know. One, we'd like to know what the fuel pressure is on it right now. Yes. Popping and backfiring is a sign of being lean. Okay. Yeah. On a fuel injected engine. But you could have an ignition switch, I mean, not ignition switch, an, a, a secondary ignition problem, which is the spark plugs as far as the the uh, the way that ignition is set up. And you've been working on this, so that makes it really difficult, doesn't it, Doug? Yes. But uh, I probably, Joe, I'd, I'd probably go to the fuel pump relay. Yeah, I think so. Because it could not be turning the pump fast enough to build, a, you know, build the 16, 17-pound fuel pressure that it needs. Well, you, you got a you got a, a a pump that was bad. It might have been drawing too many amps, and it might have damaged that relay. So. Yeah, and the relay, because the way you described it, it, could be just running long enough to get hot, and then yeah. cuts off, and then time it gets it restarted, it's cooled back down again, and you know, and locked back together again. I, yeah. But the relay's cheap. They're eight or nine dollars. You know, just buy you. I think I'd try a relay before I done anything else. Where is the relay? In the fuse box underneath the hood. Yeah. If you pull the lid up, it'll show you a fuel pump relay. It's yep. a little bit square one. Okay. Uh, you could actually. I didn't know if it's. You could actually look over there and find the horn relay and, and swap them. those yep. two, because you don't blow the horn very often. But that relay will be is yeah, the, the same, same relay. relay. Yeah. Just swap them around and just okay. try it and see. If I could just get it running enough, I can take it somewhere. I'd be happy. <laughs> Yeah. We'll try you. that. If that yeah. don't, give me a call at the shop, and we'll work some more on it. Yeah. You we'll, got you got a pencil okay. handy? Yes. Here, here's, here's, here's the number for you. Dial 501-607-1965, okay. and that is my cell phone. Just call me on it, and 
We'll figure. Well, I'll help you figure something out with it. Okay. Six zero seven. One nine six five. One nine six five. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Thank you much. Eight two three zero nine six five. Eight two three zero nine six five. Let me look real quickly and see if I've got anything going on uh, email wise. And the answer is at this moment, no. So you know, we're on, good on that. On that gentleman terry's truck right there that's that's difficult for us to do because we we need some specific information he's put a pump in it the pump he bought was it was it a bad one we were talking during the break about a gentleman that absolutely put his foot down he said i don't want to pay this much for a good fuel pump i want a cheaper version of it and 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 i told him i said well if i buy this pump from where you want me to buy it from i'm not going to warranty it and so, anyway, he kind of talks me into it, and I hate that fact. <laughs> and and my tech puts the pump in from the discount parts place, and uh, we uh, truck sitting there running. It's it's fixed. It's running, and uh, he goes over to wash his hands so he can go road testing. Walks back over, and the engine had died. Went to crank it. It won't restart. Put a new pump and fuel strainer on it, and a new filter on it, and everything. And uh, checked it, and the fuel pump won't run. So we ended up having to warranty it before we ever got it out of the building. And I told him there wasn't no warranty on it. Oh, wow. I did it. I did it. I went ahead and warranted it for him labor-wise. But I told him, I said, when you hit the parking lot, there's no warranty on it because you you have absolutely requested me to buy the absolute cheapest part money can buy. And that's what you get when you buy cheap parts today. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, you get what you pay for. You know, bumper to bumper, if you buy quality parts from them and, and at Joe's Garage and Duck's Garage and any of the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, we offer a two-year, 24,000-mile That comes with the labor. part. That's correct. That's part and labor. And, and, and this is something that folks don't realize. If you come back in and that part, if you have a warrantyable issue, whether it's an installation, a labor problem, installed wrong, or the part's bad, we don't care, do we, Duck? No. Because we can file a labor claim against the manufacturer through bumper to bumper and they reimburse us for the labor so it, it, it doesn't make any difference but there again joe on this fuel pump deal it cost you another two hours yes that you could we could have been working on another job correct you know you know i got people standing you know you know i got somebody you know hey i'll be there at nine o'clock to get something done you know well i don't you know then i gotta stop and go back and put another fuel pump in this truck oh, it just delays everything you know and it kills you for the whole day because it gets you behind right off the bat so then you got to try to start catching up, and, and it's hard. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad deal. That's why we, we, you know, for information, we try and buy not the most expensive part, I can assure you that, but the best quality part, yeah. part at the best price. And, yes, quality parts cost more than cheap parts. That's the bottom line. You pay for what you get, right, Doug? Yeah, and, and another thing, too, just because it's high dollar don't mean it's always good. No, we've been in that road, too. Yeah, you know, we just you try go, to buy the best quality part that we can find. You can go back to the manufacturer and buy their parts. They had a problem with them on when they were built. They're under warranty. It's a big deal. Now, does that mean, all right, do we want to go back to that manufacturer and buy their part? If we got, Are we going to get one Same of the problem. redesigned parts, or are we getting some of that old stock? We don't know, but we know that particular part on this year make a model car has got an issue so yes we're going to find an alternate source if we can because there are a lot of companies out there like standard motor products 
if they see a problem with a part that was built from the OE, they'll redesign it. They go in there and see what's wrong with it, fix the problem, and then start selling that part. And that's what we're looking for. Well, it's kind of like, you know, Ford on that that, uh, 100 series transmission they had, they put a bushing in the back back there. The bushing come apart at about 90,000 miles, eat the transmission up. So a lot of the transmission manufacturers started putting a bearing back there. Mm-hmm. And they did that. Don't have no problem no more with it. That's correct. So there are all the time upgrades from original design to what's going to make it last for two or 300,000 miles. Yeah. A lot of time what looks good on the paper don't really look good. And when you, Real when you life. put it in, well, when you put it in the American public's hands and let them start driving it. You, you, you want a good test? Give it to a... a 18 year old and say drive that and tell me how you, what you think about yeah, it yeah tell me how you like it <laughs> <laughs> they'll put it through the paces for you i quickly. promise you all right yeah quickly do it we got to get our final break in let's do that we get our traffic and our weather and everything else that goes along with the break it's uh 8 44 or we'll make that 16 minutes till 9 at 36 degrees looking for a high of 50 under partly sunny skies the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, the answer home of Rush Limbaugh. All right, checking my emails again to see if anybody's come in. Nope, haven't had that. Phone lines are open, 823-0965. If you got a, a question, want to deal with something that a lot of people don't think about, and that is, look, I know you're listening to the show, and you maybe you think you know you got a little bit of knowledge and you think that you can fix something on your own. Well, here's Dave, the problem. Dave, the problem with you that is make things you, worse. Don't have, <laughs> you don't have no equipment to test it with. You can't go in there and look at the codes. I mean, you know, if, if, if I got the truck there, I can look at the codes. We can look at the fuel pressure, Joe. Yep. And you can look and see if it's firing, you know, and all that stuff. And that's something that that's $20,000 for all that equipment just to have it to work on your vehicle. And mm-hmm. most people can't afford it, you know. A lot of times we can't afford it, but we have to buy it just so we can, you know, operate, you know, and, and that's the problem. You need to look at the fuel pressure because it could be you got a bad pump. Just because it's new, that don't mean nothing no more. That's correct. And, and you know, we're back to our, our little saying, Duck. We test, not guess. Yes. You know, you know, you run through and look at the fuel pressure and then pull the codes up and you look and make sure it is making RPM signal. Because if it's not making RPM signal, it is not going to run. Yeah, it's got to have, you know got to have all its inputs a fuel injected engine has to make at least one complete 360 degree round to even start one revolution and it has to roll 175 rpm that's it if it don't roll 175 rpms it will not light and and you know the gentleman that just called we're not we're not going to run you down here terry but we're going to speak objectively about your plight for instance you had an issue with your truck, and you were trying to fix it yourself. In in the course of trying to fix it yourself, you burnt the starter up. You admitted that because you cranked on it too much, got the starter too hot, and burned it up. Yep. Now, we see that a lot, don't we, Duck? All the time. If a car comes in in my shop and or Duck's shop or one of the other certified service centers and the starter's out on it and they tow it in, first question I have for my customer, where did we tow this from? Yep. If it's on the side of the freeway, it's got something else wrong with it. Exactly. Because it quit running, but they sat on the side of the freeway and cranked on it until they burnt the starter up. Yeah. Trying to start it. Are you okay. getting in there? So it's not the starter. You know you got to replace the starter, but yeah. something caused the yep. starter to go down. That's, that's another three or $400 deal because you burnt starter up. Unnecessarily. Yeah. So if you're doing it yourself and you don't have the right equipments where we're going with this, 
and the correct procedure to test it, it can cost you a lot more money than if you had said, I'm going to go ahead and bite the bullet and pay a tow bill and pay a diagnostic fee and have it checked properly so I get an accurate estimate. You might say, all right, it needs this, this, and this. And the guy says, well, I can do that. I want to tow it back home. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. He made the call on that. But I'll bet you what he pays us or the two tow bills, I guarantee you for what he cost him to buy a starter and put it on and the, and the lack of use of this vehicle for as long as it's been and the truck's still not fixed, and in the long run, he's going to have to pay a tow to get it sent somewhere to fix it. Yes. I guarantee you if he had paid the tow, the diagnostic, and towed it back home and fixed it, he would have saved money, Dave. Basically, that's that's what we're out to to relay to folks is that sometimes doing it yourself anymore is not very easy. I don't look. I can't work on a car anymore like I used well, to. It used to be simple. Well, not anymore. Well, mm-hmm. Dave, you can hook up a fuel pressure gauge, and you can look instantly and say, "Okay, I'm making the right amount of fuel pressure," or "No, I'm down nine pounds." Well, see, I don't have a fuel pressure gauge. I'd have to go out and buy one. Well, gauge, why would I go out and buy one that I'm going to use one time? And that gauge gets about four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it, if you got good fuel pressure, then you check spark. You got spark on it. If it won't run, you're going to do a few other basic tests on it. And and but this problem that he has right now is very hard to diagnose because are we working on something that naturally occurred, yes. or is it something that cre- he created on the way, working on it that he doesn't even know he created? Yeah. For instance, pull that tank out of the back of it. There's a ground wire back there on the left frame rail in there, Doug. Yes. Did he bust that wire? Is it got a weak ground? Did he unhook it? Is the plug in melted where the pump was bad before, drawing too many amps? And, and making a good connection there. We put those uh, fuel pump pigtails on all the time. 99% of the time when you unplug them, they're going to be burnt. So where are you at on this? You know, are we fixing something he created or something that naturally happened or a combination of two or three things? And and another thing, a lot of people just unplug it and never roll the plug over and look. That's correct. They'll see that plug in the package and they say, ah, well, it don't need this. Plug looks good to me. Or it's a different design plug. And... The way it's designed and made, you end up having to replace it, and and if you don't get the wires hooked up properly, Back in the right spot, and it, your fuel level center not going to work, or your fuel pump's not going to work right. Yeah. Bottom line is, unless you know as much or more than the you know garage you're taking it to, let the professionals take care. of it. Well, a lot of times, Dave, you can carry it somewhere, and for an hour's labor, you can find out what's wrong with it. Yeah, I mean. Seriously, I my time is worth something, and and secondly, I can't keep up with all the changes that they're doing to automobiles anymore. I mean, you guys have, you know, a ton of problems keeping up with that kind well, of stuff. Me and Joe was talking before we come on. Russell's got a 2016 Ford come in body control module bad. It's a F three fifty. Bought a new body control module, put in it. It was down. T- it like one percent being completely programmed it all went away it 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 wiped everything clean and he has yet well i hadn't talked to him this morning but this morning he was going to start unplugging modules because one of the modules had has to be bad oh no what what happens when you when you put on a new component an electrical component like a a ficum a ticum or or you know totally integrated control module whatever you want to call it body control module pcm ecm uh, power pcm whatever you want to call it when you go to program that with the security on these cars today, 
you've got to program more than just that module everything and you can never go back to the original programming you have to put in the newest upgrade for that manufacturer regardless what it is yep. whether you want it or not you have to go upwards well when you're doing that sometimes these modules go blank and then when you go to program them back if any one of them has a little problem and it might be what caused the body control, control module, module to go, go bad, bad maybe burn up one of the drivers in it because this other part's bad and when you go to program that you're at the mercy of the rest of the modules on that because they all have to have the same vin number in it so they can talk to each yep. other right duck exactly and like i say it got down to 99 percent. it had 99 percent in it and so it's just waiting for the one percent is waiting every, for that one module to come in everybody in the world today that has ever done a upgrade on their phone or a, a new software for their computer a new operating system you'll watch that little green bar go across oh, yeah 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 95 97 what's the hardest thing to get <laughs> that last one that last two or three percent that's because it's finalizing everything and it's going back over and saying you're good you're good you're good you're good you're good wait a minute you're bad no you're bad all right i quit i'm stopped yeah. right here i quit so and the problem is sometimes it doesn't tell you it which will one never tell you screwed up it don't tell you you gotta what you have to do is you have to go through and start unplugging it and looking okay that ain't it plug it back up go to the next one that ain't it plug it back up and it's it's just trial and error it makes for a long day's work and then they file it away in that gray matter between their ears so that the next time it shows up that's the first thing they'll check and most time that ain't gonna be what's it, it was it. doing it say i remember this last time it took me eight hours to figure it out that's yep. what i'm gonna do i'm unplugging this particular module and then i'm gonna program and then i'm gonna check that module yep. yeah because when when you wipe it clean you can't there's nothing in any module you can't go back and get it back out can't draw no. it back out there's nothing there you've got to start over again but you got to figure out why and and it makes it difficult it really does all right last but not least something we talk about constantly but i think it we've got about a minute and a half here mm -hmm. when you take your car into a parts shop and have them read the codes yeah don't clear them off no, no. and it, go ahead the Doug. first thing they're going to probably tell you is oh, you need an oxygen sensor if it's switching but why it's not bad now if they tell you that the heater part's bad on it okay you need an oxygen sensor but well either a blown fuse or short and wire yeah one you know one of them but mm -hmm. i just had one i know about this yeah <laughs> you know but i'll get people come by there with oxygen sensor in their hand hey i need this but that's not going to cure your problem i'll put your hundred dollar oxygen sensor in there but that's not going to cure your problem then you're going to be mad at me let me go test it and then i'll tell you what's wrong with it well i had it tested up there and they cleared the code all out of it well you got to go drive it some more let it come back you know the, the thing about it is they're using a code reader we actually use a scanner which means that if it's got a code like a let's just say a po301 that's a engine misfire on cylinder number one, one. intermittent okay or a random cylinder misfire yeah, po300 we go drive that vehicle it'll set a freeze frame data which means we can tell what rpm the engine was at what speed you were traveling uh how long it was in that drive cycle and yada 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 all that data is in there and we use that to try and duplicate that before and after the repair to make sure we've got it fixed but you know what if you clear that out of there we don't have that 
And number two, remember this. If you buy a part from a parts place and it's an electrical part and you install it, Can't take you it own it. Yeah, it's yours. They'll give you another one, but they're not ever going to let you bring it back and give you a refund on the money. Nope. All right. Thank Words you, to live by. Thanks a lot, Duck. Thanks, Joe. What's the date of the car show again? 30th. 30th May of May. 30th. Okay. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, the uh, website will be up and you can get yourself all set up for it and be ready to go. All the money's to go to the Ronald McDonald House. Out of time. We got uh, Gallagher coming up. I'll be back with you tomorrow. J.R. Davis will be our first guest out of the box talking politics here on the Dave Ellswick Show. On the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.